0: Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. It is April 19th. I hope everybody's doing great out there. We're going to give Lee a call right now. We got a great show tonight. Lee Payne from Clovenhoof, Sean Killing from Violence. We're going to get Lee on the line right off the bat tonight because it's getting late in the UK. And we want to get him to bed at a decent hour. So let's connect Lee right now. We kick things off with a little Clovenhoof for Crack the Whip. Those lines my wife tells me every night before we go to bed. All right, let's get Lee on the phone. All right, let me see what we got going on here. There's always something with uh, Skype, you know? That doesn't seem to be working too well, huh? All right, so let's, how about we do this? Hang on, bear with me here a second. Let's hang up on on Lee there. Let's try again. All right, bear with me here a second. You know what? I'm going to jump into a quick song. While I try to figure this out, because I'm calling Lee on his mobile number, not Skype to Skype. So sometimes it's a little tricky over here with the website. So let me play something really quick for you. How about we do a little war dog, killing speed, and I'll get everything going with Lee. So bear with me here. connection on Skype, but let's give Lee a call right now. Hello, Mike. Hey, Lee, how are you, my friend? How's that? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you great. Uh, that's working, so that's cool that's a, There's always a problem with Skype I don't know what it is I can never figure it out Just when I think I got it down There's always an issue
2: Oh no, the, the uh, technology's great when it works
0: Isn't it, you know <laughs> That's usually what my wife says about me When I'm up in bed at night <laughs> Well, it, it,
2: it's, you're coming through loud and
0: clear now So that's the main thing uh, good, I'm good, Lee <laughs> Hey Lee, you know what a big fan I am of the band and I was just sitting back and I was like you know, Klovenhoff is 41 years old now, and you don't look a day over 37, so I can't figure that out.
2: Oh, thank you so much. You know, it's amazing what selling yourself for the devil will do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Could you imagine four decades already? And I mean, but it, it's getting better. That's the funny thing. Oh, that, that,
2: that, thank, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know, it's like... Um, Sometimes you're thinking about 106, you know, like when you when you're getting old problems and stuff. But uh, but other times, you know, it's like um, it's incredible. It just doesn't doesn't seem uh, too long at all, you know. And um, I think you know the main thing is just because you know when you do something that like you really love more than anything else in the world, I think um, I think that kind of keeps you young. And and obviously, you know, with the with the band members which we've got now. Um, I, enjoy, I enjoy making music more than ever, you know, like, you know, with, with George. And uh, I can't believe it. we've been together about, about five years now. George, George and Danny have been in Clavanagh for five years now. So, But it doesn't seem like five minutes, you know. So, uh, you know, we're really enjoying, uh, you know, our music together. And, uh, you know, they're the best friends in all the world. So I feel very, very lucky and privileged to be able to uh, be making music all this time. And the fans... Uh, you know, they're so loyal, and they keep keep with you all, all the while. And metal fans are just the most uh, loyal people in the world. And, uh, you know, it's just such an honor and a privilege to still be doing it, you know?
0: <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's been about five years with this lineup. And I remember when you first put it together, we spoke back then. I was like, I don't know, I feel like Lee's Americanized in the band. I don't know how it's going to work. And then Who Mourns the Morningstar comes out. And I was like, wow. And it was not like anything I think any fan of Clover would have expected that, you know, to come out with, and now you follow it up with Age of feel. and this, I think, I mean, it's hard to say, but all the albums you've had out and how great they are, and I hate to say this one's better than the last, because to me, they're all great, but this one just took the band to a whole other level.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I mean, it, it, the, the reviews and everything, you know, like, it, it's incredible, you know, I mean, we've just had, like, so many sort of 10 out of 10 reviews and stuff, and the the reactions been incredible, and the album's, uh, you know, not out, not out, you know, for a another week yet or probably something like that but all the people have had a, a sneak listen to it uh, Touch the Rainbow out as a, as a single and Gods of War as, as uh, Tasters and everybody's like gone crazy for it and um, I, I really felt that, to be honest Who Mourns for the Morning Star it was such a good album uh, and, and even George, you know, George says, "How the hell are you going to top this album?" kind of thing. And I, I felt, uh, for the first time ever, kind of uh, pressure, you know, sort of pressure on myself. Uh, I was thinking, well, you know, I don't want to, you know, don't let anyone down, and um, it's going to have to meet uh, the fans have got huge uh, expectations uh, on us now. So uh, I had to kind of really uh, dig deep to try and match that. And uh, you know, I, I think we've really. Uh, deliver the goods it was like one of those albums that everything seemed to come together perfectly you
3: know
2: some albums are like that aren't they and uh, you know all the performances were fantastic and the, the the studio was brilliant and everybody involved with it and it's got a great cover and uh, really well produced and stuff and uh, we're really we're really proud of uh, Age of Steel and um, I, uh, I hope I hope that the, the follow up album I've just finished it actually and uh, <laughs> Album ahead. I could probably tell you more about the new album, Age <laughs> of Steel. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I, 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 the, the songs were kind of half started altogether, really, because Age of Steel could have been a double album. So uh, there's a lot of quality on the next album, and it's just a natural kind of. Um, Sort of progression, really. You know, like the next album is uh, the next part of the Dominator story, and it will kind of conclude then. Uh, so it's kind of a sister album, really. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just great. We're on a real um, rich sort, sort of uh, vein of form at the moment. So long, uh, may continue. <laughs>
0: That's great. Like you know, you said you felt like pressure with this record because you wanted to try to top the last one considering that you wrote so many songs, which I'm guessing all based around, you know, the same sound of this album, because you wrote them at the same time, does that make it a little easier for you on the next record, because you kind of know the direction the songs are already going to go in, at least the ones that are already written to this point?
2: Yeah, you know, definitely, you know, it's because... Dominate a uh, resurrection kind of concept, which which, uh, I just feel the one side is a concept piece. Uh, The concluding part will be on the next album, and then it will have quite a few self-contained songs on the other side. So it's kind of the uh, sixth album. So it made it a lot easier because... the kind of track listing and everything it's already sort of in the bag really you know it's just a matter of kind of just refining uh, some songs and stuff I mean really with the the concept idea it's like uh, Rush did on um, like say Walter King's I had Cygnus Cygnus' track and then it kind of led into the Hemisphere's album but it's, it's kind of nice isn't it you know the way you uh splitting up the concept album over two two sort of albums and uh it, it sort of makes everybody sort of eager to hear the kind of the um, the conclusion to the story and uh but uh, you know I'm really pleased with the next album the next album will be a killer as well you know so uh, but you know we, we
3: basically we haven't uh released Aida Steel yet but um everybody sort of seems to be
2: uh, you know in raptures are written uh, it's very very pleasing you know.
0: Very true. I mean, with this whole concept, you know, with the Dominator thing, I mean, was this something that you had planned out all along and you kind of knew where it was going to go? Are, are you taking it step by step like each time you do something for it? Uh,
2: yeah, with the, with the Dominator story, um, you know, like a, a, on the Dominator album, you know, it was the, the whole album was about it. And then I thought, um, because everybody really, really loved the songs, I thought album and stuff. And uh, they kind of, you know, they... they well, I kind of the best thing ever is when we play live the best market research you'll ever do <laughs> is hanging out with the fans you know like after the show and we go out of our way to sort of, you know, we will play the set and then we we'll always come out and we we'll talk to the fans and we'll sign autographs and talk to them and uh, you know post for uh, selfies and stuff but you know they tell you they tell you exactly what they love about the band. And there were so many people that love it when we do the concept, uh, kind of thing, because, um, you know, it's all right, you know, you're having self-contained songs, but, uh, you can really kind of, uh, explore a subject in depth, you know, if you do it over the, in the whole side of an album kind of thing. So, um, you know, when Dominator first came out, um, I didn't have any any ideas at all, you know, for bringing the character back. But well, everybody loved it so much that I thought, well, you know, this, the fans want it, so, uh, you know, let's give them what they want. And, uh, you know, really with, with kind of Age of Steel, it's kind of um, please please ourselves as musicians first, but, you know, take on board what what the fans expect of us, you know, because, uh, you know, you're nothing without your fans. And, uh, you know, I I try to match their expectations and always keep trying to come up uh, with better albums and better songs. And and if I didn't think I could deliver, then I'd, I'd probably pack it in, you know, like, you always think, you know, the... The best song you know is is in the future you know you've yet to write it and and really you know writing for the for the fans and stuff i mean that's that's what gives me the inspiration to you know carry on and keep coming up to, with, with better albums
0: true i mean how do you look at clove today compared to like going back to you know the first record or anything from the 90s i mean to you is it the same band you feel that you've progressed in such a different manner over the you know the last four decades that maybe it's not the same Clovenhoof from back in 1982, you know, when the Open Ritual came out or the Clovenhoof record. Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, in the in the early days, I mean, it's, it's a completely different kind of animal because um, the our trademark kind of sounds all you know it's always there, but um, you kind of um, evolve and you, you know any band that just stagnates and stays where it is, you know, you know, a lot of bands kind of die because of that. And I think, you know, I'm proud of all our other albums and, and, you know, there's some fantastic musicians, you know, that have played with us in the past and stuff. But what, what happens is, you know, you kind of, you know, you're striving to get that, you know, make, make the kind of perfect album kind of thing. And when I first started the band, um, I had a kind of a vision of of what I would love the band to be, you know, like, and when I heard uh, George sing, you know, that, that was the voice I was always looking for. Uh, so, uh, you know, like I was really lucky to, you know, that George and I kind of got together because he's, he's, perfect voice, I always I always like for that kind of voice you know, and George is really versatile, he's kind of um, probably kill me for saying it, but I, I think George is like a, a perfect cross between Dio, Halford and Bruce Dickinson kind of thing Yeah. and that's, that's the voice I always wanted and uh, he's just about the best frontman you're ever going to get, you know, so uh, you, know, you know, I got really lucky with George, but um, you know when, when you when you start the band and you've got a vision and then, in, you know, you, it's just a a quest to kind of be the, the best you possibly could be and uh, now you know it only took me what is it 40, 41 years or whatever it is you know to get the perfect line up and uh, now I've got the perfect line up you know like I'm going to make the most of it and uh, we'll, we'll be together for a long time because uh, you know we, we stretch, we're on such a fantastic wavelength all of us and we all get on fantastically well but uh, you know it's just, a ple- it's just a pleasure making music
0: that is a great thing. I know in the past we spoke about, you know, George in the band, where it kind of gave you the freedom to write how you really wanted to write because you knew he could handle it vocal-wise, which is a big thing. And when you think about the band over the years, I mean, you know, you've had a lot of singers coming out of the band, whether it was Steve or David or Carl or Derek, Russ. Was yeah. there ever a lineup that you felt or that you, like, you were just kind of limited on what you could offer you know music-wise because you didn't think that wanted to kind of carry it and, it, and it held you back? Is that ever an issue? Yeah, that is, that, that that is true. That, uh, absolute, really Um You
2: know, you, what, what I what I tend to do in the past is uh, play to the vocalist strengths, and it's not always the, the, what I would like because you really, you know, in the end, if you if you want something done a certain way and and it's just beyond them, then you know you you know you don't want to do that. You want to write within their capabilities. So I kind of tailored... The music to suit the vocalist whereas I might think well this track's really great I think I'll save that later on because uh, it's not really working out you know with this guy we have got here then then in the end when you get somebody like George that can sing anything fantastic um, then then you know you're not limited at all and you can really push yourself and explore the, uh, the bandwidth of the band as, as, uh, much as much as you like really because George is capable to do it you know doing it and the same goes with all the musicians, you know, like, you know, we've got a great drummer and great guitarist and stuff. And they're going to be able to play anything you could think of. So that gives me the freedom to, you know, to write the best possible song I can. Sure. So, uh, you know, and you know, I'm very lucky to, to be working with these people.
0: Sure. Is there a song that you recorded in the past that you weren't happy about that maybe you're thinking about redoing now with George on vocals? Because maybe he could add to it what you were missing back then.
2: Yeah, I, there's, there's a few of them actually. I mean, the, the cool thing—I'll tell you, tell you what um, just happened. Um, we heard, we heard the um, the uh, soundtrack for, from uh, a festival we did uh, a, a year or so ago, uh, Bang Your Head, and the soundtrack absolutely—it just blew me away. We sound so tight and so perfect that I thought, oh my God, you know, we've got to release this. And there's um, a DVD uh, coming out, uh, it's uh 20, 24 cameras in, in HD. Wow. Blown away by how fantastic the songs sound with George doing them. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm just thinking, well, you know, that's that's what I intended all along, you know, like, so it might, So jo- George and I, you know, we're going over different tracks, and, uh, you know, George said, oh, you know, let's do this song you know because you know i i know i can do do a better job kind of thing and there's quite a few few tracks which um you know we, we're going to air at some point with uh, with george you know redoing the vocals you know so uh you know it, it'll be great for the fans but uh, that live dvd i think i think we're going to probably get it get it released by the end of the summer. And uh, you know, the first time ever, it really captured the the full power and the uh, the dyna, dynamism, you know, of the band. You know, like we 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 played out of our skin that day, and uh, you know, it got captured by all those cameras. So I'm really looking forward to everybody seeing that. So uh, it'll probably be like a box set, you know, a live CD and the the live concert and stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward. You know, I'll, I'll send I'll send it you as soon as I get it Mike. That'll be great. Uh, I
0: would love to see that. You know, because I, I remember when, you know, you did one of your first shows with that lineup with George, and I was like, I was like cringing, like, oh my God, they're going to do Crack the Whip next, or it was laying down, like, I don't know how this is going to sound, and then it came on, and I was like, wow, I mean, you know, that, that's when you know you want people over when you could perform a classic song with your new singer, and it sounds even better than the original, I was like, okay, this oh, is going right, to be fine. Uh, you you pick
2: you get a terrific track as well because one of the standout ones on the um, on the on, on those live types came through was George's Cracker Whip, and it's it's absolutely awesome, you know, like and uh, you know such such a, a difference, you know, like it breathes new life into a song, you know. You, half the battle, you've got to have a great singer. And, um, and and George is uh, is world class, so um, you know he's really helped transform the band, and I, and I feel like we've really raised the bar, and uh, I think Angel Steel um, will, do, will do really well for us, you know, like we're looking forward to touring on it, you know, it'll be great. i
0: oh, me too, Lee. Like I said, the new record is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, since the last time we spoke, you came to the U.S. not once but twice. Unfortunately, none of our shows are where I live. Even though I'm in New York, but I'm looking forward to a third time around here. It may not be anytime soon with what's going on in the world, but how'd you feel about those two tours here in the U.S.? Were you finally happy to get here and kind of get all over the country?
2: Oh, it was it was it was a dream come true, really. You know, like it was it, it just matched all my uh, expectations, really. I think with those two tours we did, you know, I think there were over like 68 dates. And and we were on it every single night, you know, and the audience were, audiences were just fabulous. So I mean, uh, unfortunately, because of this terrible virus and everything, um, he throws things up in the air. But um, you know, we got you know the we've got a great agent called uh, Scott Clute at uh, Metal Thunder Entertainment, and he's going to he's going to. Sort of uh, check out the, check out what's happening in January, and and maybe start booking us a, a US tour for uh, you know the end of the summer and uh, next year. So uh, you know I I I just can't wait. You know because. Uh, I'm getting withdrawal symptoms because uh, it's kind of America's like my second home now. (laughs) So I really, really miss the place, you know. So uh, we're looking forward to that. We can uh, tour there next year. It'll be awesome,
0: you know. That would be great. I mean, I I know here in New York, they just canceled a couple of like, you know, festivals that we had planned for September and October. So it's kind of looking like this whole year is going to be a bust as far as live performances go, at least here in the US. I'm pretty sure it's going to be like that in. England and Europe and all over the world. I'm guessing there's not going to be much happening this year, live-wise. Yeah, that's
3: right. You
2: know, so many. We've had you know, we've got so many things cancelled. You know, like and you know, we were we had all great expectations. You know, we we knew we had a great album kind of lined up, and uh, we it was really looking forward to going touring everywhere. But uh, unfortunately, you know, these these terrible things. Are, it's just worldwide, and uh, it's put the markers on the, everything. But um, you know. maybe maybe, maybe it'll be okay for next year, you know, like, and
0: uh, I I certainly hope so. I hope so, too. I mean, you know, if you went back to the 80s, if you couldn't tour to support a record after it came out, it could be devastating for any band, but I think with social media today and the internet, you can keep things alive and keep them going and find other ways of, you know, promoting your band that you couldn't years ago. It doesn't replace the live performance, you know, but at least there's ways of keeping this album going, you know, until something new comes around. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, like, uh, that's, the, that's the beauty of the internet, isn't it? You know, that's a huge plus, and it's great for the metal fans because, you know, they can still get their metal, you know, because of, because of the internet, obviously, you know, in the, in the 80s, you didn't have that, so it would have been kind of catastrophic, you know, really for bands bringing out albums uh, without the internet, but uh, thank, thank God for the internet now, and, uh, you know, all the, all the metal fans, you know, can still, you know, get the music, which is great, and I was thinking about this, it, it's a bit of a shame with, uh, with the live DVD, it's, g- it's not going to be actually the end of the summer, it would be great if it's, it's kind of now, because, uh, you know, it would have been great for the fans to, to sort of see that now, because they can't see us live, so uh, I think that's the beauty of having the, uh, the live <laughs> live videos, isn't it, you know, at least, at least the fans can uh, get the next best
0: thing. Yeah, oh, absolutely, and you know, the last time we spoke, you didn't mention to me that you were working on another project called East of Lyra. And when that came out, I was completely blown away because it's so different than anything else you've written and done, like Mclovine, which is something we've been using for forty years. And it was just, it was just yeah. such, such incredible music, Such progressive sound and brought me back to the seventies in a way. Oh, great! Thank you very
2: much. Uh, really, when you when you when you get this stockpile of, uh, of songs, and I've always had a a kind of dual love for for heavy metal and prog rock. You know, like it's uh, you know I used to. You know, worship Deep Purple and Black Sabbath. But at the same time, I loved Yes and Genesis and bands like that. And obviously Rushed. And uh, so, so, the, so the thing is, when you get a stockpile of uh, songs, and being a songwriter, uh, you do, um, it's stock, you know, so you get loads of sort of uh, extra material. And then uh, in the end, we, we did a song called Starship Sentinel on the, the very first EP, uh, The Open Ritual and uh, that had more kind of a a prog rock leaning uh so i so what i decided to do you know i've been asked to do uh, solo albums for, for for years and i think i probably ran out of excuses so i said okay i'll do one but it's gonna have to be uh you know all that prog rock and um you know these songs wouldn't fit. Cloven Hoof uh, because of of our fans you know we've got a very sort of defined heavy aggressive sound and and these got more kind of prog leaning. so I thought well uh, some of the fans won't be confused Um, it'll be best if it's just a separate project Uh, so uh, I I bought out uh, East of Lyra, and uh, it turned out real well, you know, like it's, uh, you know, it got me the chance to sort of uh, play a lot of lead bass on there, and uh, it's got a kind of a, a different sound, but uh, I, I guess a lot of a lot of our fans like it as well, so uh, that's great, I, I've been asked to do like another one, but, um, you know, we'll have to get the next five to our me out first, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it must be nice that you can write whatever you want to write and just take it to a different project so you don't have to listen under the corporate title and do whatever you want because this is such a, a strong record. I mean, I've been playing it on the show since it came out, and I, I personally love this stuff because, you know, being in my age group, I think we're pretty close in age. You know, there really was a change in when we were kids. This is what we grew up with and listened to.
2: See, that, that, that's right. And, and I, I made a conscious effort to to try and keep that authentic kind of sound you know like and uh you know really I suppose it must have worked on uh, on you know all all the sort of uh, um sort of points that I wanted to sort of get across you know like it, you know it had to sound kind of like then and have a have a sort of a, a 70s prop kind of feel. So, uh, yeah, that bit that, that worked real well. And, uh, and it's certainly uh, quite challenging to play. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I'm able to sort of uh, basically do whatever I like now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so, so, it's, so as long as I, I deliver the goods with clove and hoof, you know, like, um, you know, it's nice to sort of uh, try different styles and new kind of s- sounds as well, you know, as a musician, and uh, try it out, so, uh, you know, that's great, there will be another h and album out there, so uh, thank you very much, you know, I'm really, really pleased you liked it, Mike.
0: Oh, it's a great record, Lee, without a doubt, just like the new Silver Hall and, you know, the new record you signed like, to Pure Steel, this is the first record of Pure Steel, how did that come about?
2: Oh, yeah, the, um, well, uh, First of all, uh, there's the most amazing guy called Bob Mitchell over in America, and uh, he, he's the uh, A&R guy for uh, Pure Steel, and uh, we known each other for years. You know, he's a great, he's a great friend, and uh, he said. You know, would you be interested on you know doing the next album with Pure Steel? And I was, I was perfectly happy, like with High Roller. I mean, they were a great, great label, and you know, there's a great producer, Patrick Engel, who've been doing um, you know most of Morning Star and everything. And uh, but in the end, we, we did a, a, a gig in um, uh, Germany called Sword Brothers, and uh, the label manager Andreas T- uh, Turnoff. And we were we were headlining the festival, and we just blew the roof off. And uh, and he was uh, he said you you know you must sign for us. And he was such a fantastically cool guy that we thought uh, you know well we we can't resist you know we'll we'll, we'll sign. <laughs> so uh, you know it, he's a big fan of the band, and uh, so is Bob. So it, it just seemed like a, a perfect uh, kind of marriage really, and it's like one great big um, one great big team because they're they're fully committed to the, to the band and stuff. And they, they've done a great job, got us a great uh, album sleeve. And uh, Robert Romanga uh, produced the album and he did a fantastic job. And it was given time the class. I think he painted the artwork. He did an amazing uh, job with the cover and stuff. So, you know, as I said before, it's kind of uh, everything kind of has sort of fitted into place. And, uh, you know, I think it's a really special album. So, uh, you know, we're really proud of
0: it. It is, Lee, and I I appreciate you talking to me today. I know it's getting late over there. we got a little late start today. But, you know, I'm a big fan. I always have been. I always will be. So you just keep it up and get back here to the USA in 2021. I have to see you this time.
3: It's
2: will fantastic. Mike, you know, the beer's on me. Thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate, you know, being on the show and everything. And uh, I just want to say to, uh, you know, all the metalheads over there, you know, I know, know it's been really awful times, but uh, metal always comes back stronger. And after this virus stuff's out the way, then, you know, every, all, all, all the bands will be out there playing everywhere. And I'm sure there'll be a big uh, feel good factor because everybody can go out and party again. So, uh, you know, it won't last forever.
0: That's right. You stay safe out there, Lisa. How do your wife have a great night, my friend. I'll talk to you real bye. soon. An absolute,
2: absolute pleasure.
0: Take care, Mike. Take care bye. my friend. Take care, my friend. Bye bye. All right, let's jump into some brand new clothing hooks. Is Age of Steel.
4: I keep my soul in the with some
0: Man, back-to-back, brand-new Hoof, Age of Steel and Touch the Rainbow. These guys keep getting better and better. I love talking to Lee. I could chat with him all night long. But we only have a two-hour show, and we have to get to another guest. So, And we have to play some music in between. That's the way things go around here. All right. I, I know we have a show next week. I think it's the week after that we're off. No, I'm sorry. It's two weeks. Mother's Day is in two weeks after this weekend. I'm getting all confused here with my time. Being in the house for the last five weeks. I mean, I actually go to work every night still. So my job requires me to work. But uh, being in this house, I'm getting a little stuck crazy. I'm losing track of everything. So <laughs> forgive me over here. But uh, hey, you know what I was looking on uh, before? Uh, Dan Dock has parted ways with Torch. They did work. They were working on a new record. Ian sent me over some songs about a year and a half ago that were going to be on the new Torch record. There were no vocals to them yet. They sounded great. Uh, They said they were working on the vocals They would have that ready. Apparently the record has been recorded. They signed, I think, to Metalville Records, if I have it right. I'm not sure of the label. And I saw that Dan uh, posted the other day in gibberish or or Swedish, whatever you want to call it. None of the translations or Google translations ever come out, right? When you try to translate them, they make it even worse than you can try to figure out what the natural language is. Apparently he left the band and he's upset with them because they're going to release the record with his voice on there and he doesn't want it released. He's got some new project going called Peter Pan something I think it was called. I'm not sure. I mean, it's a shame because he kept the band going for for quite a while uh, when the rest of the guys were out of it. And then they all kind of reunited and they had most of that classic lineup back together again. So I thought it might have worked out this time, but apparently it did not you would think, like, after 40 something years, you know, when you reunite with some of the old guys from your band, you would kind of let bygones be bygones or forget about it. It's a whole new era now. It's not the age where a band had a good shot of making it and getting big. You know, say you, you're lucky you could play, you do some festivals, some local shows, put out a record, and just make the most of it and have a good time. Because that's really all it comes down to for a lot of these bands. But it didn't seem to work out. So he's out. I don't know if they're going to continue on with a different singer. I got to balance it. I doubt they will. Uh, and I don't think he'll start up another version of Torch like he did the last time so maybe it's over with maybe this wrecked. who knows we'll find out more a little later on about that but let's get back to the music we started some thrust before when we try to connect the lead let's get back to that metallic attack <laughs> Yeah! Came out in nineteen ninety two. The band was out of Ohio. Brian nemeth was the guitar player for the band. Uh, I've had him on the show quite a few times over the years, promoting a lot of the solo stuff. Uh, he's an amazing guitar player. Uh but this the, the band and the record really went nowhere. It was ninety two. The scene was starting to change, you know, and a lot of people got kinda of forgot about these guys. It just didn't got the attention. Uh but I had asked him about putting the band back together. He said he would think about it, but I wish they would. It really was a great record. I know they had a demo tape that came out about a year or so later. Even maybe like re-recording some of those songs and remastering and putting them out. It would be a pretty cool thing, I have to say. All right, we're going to talk to Sean in about 15 minutes. We're going to get on a few more songs between now and then. How about we do a little, um, before I'm sorry, we played Warfare, Burn Down the King's Road. Evo, my buddy Evo, he's working on a book right now. Uh, that should be pretty funny. I love having him on the show because all you gotta do is say hello to him and he just starts rattling on and on for <laughs> about nonsense. He's a great guy, so it should be a pretty funny book and I'm looking forward to it when it comes out. All right, let's get back into the music here. How about a little e trope creatures? <laughs> Battle Axe, the American Battle Axe. The band came out of Wisconsin, I believe. They were around since the late 70s. It took until about 1986 before they got their debut record out. We're on the attack. Heaven and Hell Records re released that. They did a great job, like they do with all their productions, a few years ago with another album called Long Way Home, which was a bunch of unreleased material. So head over to the Heaven and Hell website and pick yourself up a copy of that. All right, let's get Sean on the phone, get this violence interview going. This one will be easy because we're calling right here in America. Hang on a second. Then again, every time I say that, something goes wrong, right? Mike? Sean, this is Mike. You're on the air. How are you, my friend?
1: Good, man. Are we going to Skype? Or Plus, are we just
0: gonna... you're, on, you're on. I'm calling you through the switchboard. You're on the air. Oh, I am. Yes, <laughs> you are. Cool. No problem. So are we on man. your, we're on your a, podcast right now or live? Uh, it's a live show. It's a live radio show.
1: Oh, awesome! Yep, you're oh, on the air yeah, right now. No, no, I post it. I should. I, I would post it. What, what should I? That's post all Right play? after
0: the show is over, people can listen to the replay at the same link I gave you. They can play right two minutes after the show is over. It goes right into the replay, so they can always listen at oh, cool. any time. Right No on, problem. Man. Hey, I i I'm own, right? I'm, I'm, thrilled. I'm doing great, man. I'm happy that you're doing good. I mean, health-wise, you're looking great.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: Ah, uh, that that had to be something else. That had to be some journey. The last couple of years must have been like you know a whirlwind for you.
1: Uh, it was life-changing to say the least. <laughs> you know, your whole perspective yeah. changes when you're facing what I was dealing with. You know, so. But I'm glad that uh, I got through it and, you know, and, you know, we're playing music and I'm glad Phil left Machine Head so that we could do this. And, um, you know, that's where we're
0: at. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, two years since the surgery, a year since the band had kind of gotten back together officially. I mean, it's been crazy like the last year. I mean, I remember when they announced those first shows, the first show actually sold out within hours. I mean, did that bother your mind back then? <laughs>
1: It did. So, I didn't even know the, the tickets were being released. Phil, Phil te- sent us a text saying, here's the link to the tickets. And I was like, oh, when are they going to release them? He's all, they're out now. And like five hours later, they were all gone. Amazing. And then uh, the club owner, the club owner, he was like, you know, there's more tickets to be sold. You, sh- you need to do another show. So, we talked and said, okay, well, let's do a matinee and we'll put, make the tickets released at a specific time on a Saturday so that people all over the place have a chance, you know? And, uh, that one sold out in, geez, I think it was four or five minutes. Wow.
0: that That's yeah. incredible. I mean, when this was planned, I mean, was it planned as a one-off or just maybe that one time or was it, was it already set up where you guys were officially, you know, reuniting?
1: Well, um, you know, I was driving home from work. I had been back to work October, let's see, September, October, November, December, five months. And I was driving off work, and I'd been wanting to, you know, when I had my surgery, that's what I thought about a lot. You know, the Kill on Command re, uh, show, where they the benefit show, watching yeah. the crowd and people, you know, the guys playing the music and um, the reception, you know, that people were giving me, you know, just come up and saying hello. And, you know, I felt like I needed to pay someone. To, to pay the whole community back and so the whole time after my surgery that's all i kind of thought about was how am i going to get on stage again and play violent songs and then you know um phil left machine head it was in october and this was january i was just driving home from work and sent him a text saying hey we should just play a show um you know he kind of was like what do you mean I, well i was like let's do a show i sent him a text let's do a show he's like what do you mean like go to a movie <laughs> and i'm all no man like play a, play a show and he sent back another text all caps violence with a question mark so uh that first communication that he and i had we were just kind of talking about doing the one show and and once we did uh, uh you know uh, bloodstock got a hold of uh, phil vicky over there at bloodstock and well, not Bloodstock, excuse me. Alcatraz, uh, Mario over at Alcatraz Festival got a hold of Phil, and then he came to the practice saying, "Hey, we have this opportunity." And I was like, "Cool, let's do it." And that turned into more opportunities, and you know, we uh, we played a we played a few shows last year. We had a good lineup this year. We had plenty of, of stuff going on, but then all of a sudden, this happened. So,
0: yeah, yeah, kind of shut everybody down this year, which is a shame. But it will pick up again. You know, when you go yeah. back, I mean, you know, people people forget that you guys sort of reunited back in 2001 or two for a little while, doing some shows on and off there. Uh, but, you know, when you go back to when the band originally broke up, I guess around 92, 93 or somewhere in that area over there, I mean, you got the classic lineup back together, which was kind of a difficult thing for a lot of bands to do after so many years.
1: Yeah, we, uh. so when we did the, when I, because, you know, the end of violence back in the 90s was me leaving the band just to. I just got tired of the music industry itself and didn't see any reason how how I would do anything to make a living out of it because it was kind of like every time we t- recorded or, you know, we're ready to record an album, we went from one label to another to another and they all wanted to change who we were. So, you know, when I left the band. It was kind of like I was more disgusted with the music industry than actually playing music. And so when we got that together for Chuck's thing, and, you know, at that time, Perry was not in the band. Mark Hernandez was playing drums for us. And Ray Vegas was uh, playing, he replaced Rob Twin. And um, so uh, when Phil contacted me about uh, the thrash of the Titans, you know, to raise money for Chuck at the time because he was going through some health issues with cancer, um, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, let's do it. So when we got that together, uh, you know, we contacted Perry and everybody, and they were like, yeah, let's do it. And then that just turned into a few more shows. And then that's when Phil, uh, Rob offered Phil the machine head job. So that was the end of that. And then, uh, now it's like, uh, we got the guys back together and we've had to make some adjustments just because, uh, you know, people's lives change over time, you know, and they can or can't commit to it. And, but, uh, you know, this year we'd be playing more, uh, well, if we were playing shows abroad, there'd be, uh, like, Bobby Gustafson's playing for us, and then Dean can't really make shows abroad, so uh, Christian Old Wolbers uh, is stepping in for Dean. Um, you know, some of the people see us when we get back on track and get to go out and play shows. That, that'll that be the lineup.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Well, Ray just left a little while ago, and you see that Bobby, is Bobby just filling in, or is he, are you looking to make him... Like a permanent member of the band when you perform live.
1: Yeah, he's our band. He's our bandmate for sure.
0: Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Great. yeah. That, well, you know, when you think about should you go back to sort of the beginning over there. You know, Eternal Nightmare comes out, and if I remember, it was on I can't. Was it was a mechanic, or I can't remember the name of the label. Mechanic Records, or something. Yeah.
1: It was Mechanic yeah. Records, distributed by MCA.
0: MCA. But when the second record comes out, you're, you're aligned with Megaforce. Now, Megaforce had to deal with Atlantic. So it's like being on a major yes. label, having that distribution. I, when the record comes out or you're recording the record, I mean, does everything work out for the band the way you want it to, being on that kind of label, having that kind of backing? Or is it more of a nightmare dealing with somebody like, you know, in the position of Atlantic Records? Uh,
1: you know, that's the problem with violence is that we... We should have signed with Combat early in the day because, you know, Combat was its own standalone label. Um, so we would sign with Mechanics with MCA's distribution. We put out a record and then MCA would put pressure on mechanics saying, Hey, you know, this band needs to do you know, X, Y, or Z. So then they try to change who we were after we submitted like we submitted oppressing the masses to Mechanic Records. Um, and then uh they tried to change the lyrics and everything. So then when we decided that's not going to work and we left that label, we got on with a, a pre, uh, with a mega force and we did a pressing the masses. And then kind of the same thing happened where, you know, uh, well, we want you to be more like this. And then, you know, it just doesn't work with us. We're not that kind of band, you know, we're, we're hardcore and you sign us, That's what you get. But so, uh, in, in hindsight, it'd probably be best if we would assigned with combat, we would have had a better, uh, more consistent record releases, you know, and we've been dealing with people that understood us.
0: Yeah, that's always a help. It always boggles my mind the way, you know, these major labels sign bands for who they are and what they are, but then as soon as you sign that contract, they want to change it into something that you're not. And I, I'm like, what appealed to you about this band that you wanted to sign them? Then you wanted to make them somebody different. I can never understand. I know it's a business thing. It's about money, but I I still, it just boggles my mind till today.
1: It's crazy. I, I just don't even understand. I mean, yeah, you sign a band and then you want to change them. I just don't understand the whole point of signing them in the beginning. <laughs> but, you know. I know.
0: Was the pressure on you to make any changes? Did you in any sort of way? I mean, I don't hear it or see it, but did you compared to what maybe some of those songs were originally meant to be?
1: So, like Eternal Nightmare, when we did Eternal Nightmare, we submit, we did that on the mechanics. We submitted to the Masses, and Steve Sinclair, the label executive, contacted me. He actually rewrote lyrics for Pressing the Masses because he wanted to be more grammatically correct. And of course, as a, a good sport that I am, I was like, yeah, I'd love to hear those. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> that ended that relationship. And then we recorded a press in the masses and then John Zazzula wanted to re-record the vocals because he wanted to understand every single word that came out of my mouth. And it was just like, when I was talking to him on the phone, (laughs) It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not Joey Belladonna. I mean, I'm not that guy, you know, you signed a hardcore band and, you know. Um, So just, I don't know. It's kind of weird you know, but what are you going to do? You move on.
0: That is, that he wants to understand the lyrics. I mean, I don't understand 90% of the lyrics that I've heard over the last 45 years. That's what makes the songs great to me.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, heck, I don't
0: understand half of Led Zeppelin's lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) They're not even hardcore. (laughs) Yeah, that's some crazy stuff. But, you know, when when you think about it, I mean, the band came around like 85. I know there was another singer in the band on the first demo. You came after that. It was re-recorded. Uh, but like, I guess it was kind of like maybe the second wave of this type of music coming out of that area because before that you had Metallica, Slayer, Exodus, a lot of those bands coming from there you guys were in the next wave of that but violence always felt took it to another level and offered something a little different than a lot of the other bands did at the time
1: yeah we were the second wave for sure you know us, Death Angel, Forbidden but um, we were always wanting to be the most hardcore the most heavy the most uh, the most insane crowds so it kind of pushed the limits and you know my vocals I never tried to sound like anything I just wrote lyrics mostly and that's kind of how it came out and so it wasn't like I had an idea in my head or we had any kind of ideas in our heads we just knew who we wanted to be and so the music kind of reflected who we were And and today you know we're writing today and it's the same thing Phil and I you know we want to be you know, When it comes to violence, it's, uh, it's, it's got to be heavy and hard. I mean, that's what's expected. True.
0: Well, I mean, you know, nothing the game kind of gets forgotten about. I mean, in 93, I mean, another solid yeah. album. Now it's 27 years later, you're writing. Are you looking to pick up where you left off with that, maybe Eternal Nightmare, or is it a whole new sound now? Because a lot of things have happened over the last 20 or 30 years, music-wise, to you.
1: <clears throat> so if you listen to... Um the 93 demo where I recorded with Phil and the guys and uh, those songs wound up on the torque album. But um, on that demo, I recorded breed like rats again and shooter. Um, and if you listen to that demo, you can kind of get a sense of where we're headed. You know, it's, we're, we're definitely not nothing to game because nothing to game was kind of forced. In other words, grunge was out at the time. Uh, a lot of the thrash bands, it was just like, well, their labels are going, well, you know, they grunge things out and it's, we want it to be, you know, you need to be heavy like grunge. And stuff. So that's where you get nothing to gain. And uh, I think if you talk to Zet and the guys in Exodus, they'll tell you the same thing about, I, I forget the name of the album that they put out around the same time, but there was a lot of pressure from the labels to be something that we were not. And so now it's like, uh, yeah, you know, well when we did those three songs on that ninety three demo, you can hear the the uh you can piss off attitude in those songs. Like, I don't give a shit what anyone wants to hear. This is who we are and this is what's gonna come out like. So and then so it's kind of a bridge between eternal oppressing, the ninety three demo is what you're kinda gonna get today. A combination of those three.
0: Oh, that'd be great. Well when like, you like, think about the game. Oh, absolutely. It was, it, was, it, was called,
1: it was the talk demo, I think it was called, right? Well, uh, it's the Violence 93 demo. You can find it on YouTube, but it's got me on no,
0: it. I, no, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I have that one.
1: With Breed again.
0: Okay. What yeah, was the other song Shooter. on there? Shooter, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure I have that tape yeah. somewhere lying around.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: I know I know it's going to sound great with the new songs that way, but with nothing to gain, I mean, was that kind of the the big old end old with the band? I mean, when you forced to write... And a manner that you really didn't want to. like you said, grunge was taken off and they wanted that to be that. Was that like the final nail in the coffin or did it kind of continue for a little you know, bit
1: long after that? It was one of those things where we're in there writing that record in our you know, practice studio. and You know, a lot of times it would come up. If we don't do what they want us to do, we won't have a label and we won't have a record. So you, you could sense the frustration in the studio with us. If you were standing there, you'd be like... Yeah, this kind of sucks. (laughs) But, you know, we weren't the only ones going through it. But, yeah, it was like you had this, and, you know, you're kind of like, I want to be a musician. I want to do, you know, more music and albums. But then if we don't do this, then we're going to be kicked off this label, and then we're going to be another two or three years before we get another label, which probably would have been a better outcome for us, but, um, you know, it's a good album. I just think that if we would have went with uh, Alex Perry as our, uh, as our producer, um, we probably, he probably would have got a lot more out of us for that, but uh, it's got good songs, just the, 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 energy's not there, you know, and Mike Rosen yeah. could not get that from, if he wanted to, you know.
0: It was a tough time, but do you think if you had continued on musically in the same direction from the last record before that, Oppressing the Masses, do you think the band would have continued on if you kept in the same
1: musical direction? Yeah, it would have. Because it would have been more yeah. like that demo. It would have been heavier, and it would have been hard, and people would have gone, holy crap, you know? And Yeah. But and you know, when we got that together, Phil and I, we kind of talked about that, you know? like you know, And I told him, I said, you know, if I stuck with it, we probably would have, you know we've probably been pretty big by now, you know? And, you know, the thing is too, is for us right now, writing, everything is fresh for us. You know, a lot of the bands that have been doing it and writing albums and sticking with it and, um, you know, they're working hard to put out songs that, so they, and it's like to be creative like that, it it takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort and, um, it, you know you're just always trying to get new material out so you're always just trying to write something and so the difference between us and a lot of those bands now is that we haven't done it in 15 years and so everything phil and i are doing it's like it's fresh it's new to us it's like it's not uh well we got to put out another album <laughs> you know?
0: yeah it, it's definitely a different mind frame to being when you're writing. I mean, as far as the new material goes, are you looking back on any of the older stuff that you didn't get out that you maybe you want to rework? Or is it all brand new written stuff?
1: No, this is all brand new. Everything we're doing is brand new. You know, that was kind of the agreement in our contract with Metal Blade, is, which our contract, I think, is like two pages, maybe two and a half pages. So it's not this book of legal terms. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you know, hey, guys, give us five new songs and let's do this. And, uh, and so, you know, we're trying, that's what we're focused on. We don't want to look back. We we want to put out today what we, what's going through our heads today. You know, he's got a lot going on up there as far as riffs. The guy's a riff machine. Definitely a great guitar player and songwriter. I mean, you know,
0: showing you when you're working on this and trying to get it all back together. I mean, do you try to go in leaps and bounds or do you just taking a small steps because you know, you hear so many bands saying, you know, uh, they don't get along with each other, and this is what broke up the band. But I think it's more the whole business model that breaks up bands, you know, than actually guys just not getting along.
1: Well, it's a lot. There's a lot of pressure in the industry, you know, and, and so, you know, uh, it's hard to stick together, and and you know, because you're almost living with each other, right? And you're brothers, that the music makes you brothers, but then. You know, you fight. I don't know how many. I have a one brother, and he and I fought like cats and dogs. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. I don't know if you have any brothers, but or sisters. But you know, it's like uh, you're with each other all the time. You're you have ideas, and maybe one guy's like, yeah, I don't like that idea, and you're like, well, what? <laughs> Piss off, man. You know, so it starts getting like that. It, it, it's and you know, Phil and I are good at it because it's just the two of us. So you know, we bounce ideas back and forth off each other. He, cuts, he has riffs, I have my vocals to do, and you know, he he comments on the vocals, and I I help you know structure some of the changes. And you know, I can't play guitar well enough to bring my guitar and go, yeah, play it like this, dude. <laughs> but you know, we <laughs> communicate well. We, we, we communicate well together. You know. Yeah,
0: do you think it's more ego when you're younger? You know, people telling you what to do, or how to change things, or what you should you know how things should be. And actually, you know, talent and ability and just getting along with each other?
1: Well, the first records are always you know, that. It's just the guys were together, we're like, it's like, hey, we want to be rock stars. This is what's going on in my head. Let's write this and and then you get to the next record and it's just like, Okay, we gotta to top the last record and then you know, then the label puts pressure on you, so you know, but that first record—that's why I like "Bonded by Blood." You know, I like Kill Them All," I like "Show No Mercy." Those records are all what you know—the original intent of people that got together. To you know, they got together to make that music, and so that's what you hear. And then as time goes on, yeah, that just—you uh, know—everyone has their own ideas. And the more people that write, the more ideas, and the more rejection of those ideas occurs and the more pissed off people get. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I can only imagine. It's hard having anybody tell you what they don't like or like about you, even if you're friends or bandmates. That's always a hard thing to deal with because you think you wrote the most perfect thing in the world or things are great. So it's like, yeah, that's kind of shit. And it's kind of like, you know, sticking the cross sometimes.
1: (laughs) Totally, man. (laughs) It's totally like that.
0: Yeah, uh, you you're like, "Oh, you
1: know, you're like, oh, okay." And then you leave practice and you're in your car like, "Yeah, fuck that guy." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know. But like, you know, years later, now, now it's back together again. Those things kind of like, you laugh at them and say, you know, that's the way it was now. I mean, this is a whole different time. This isn't the 80s anymore. You know, that goal of making it to the big arenas and masses we're going to have ended for a lot of bands. It's more about having fun right now, putting out a good product, because everybody has jobs and families. They can't go out on the road year-round, yeah. and they can't do things. So is it now where it's more, a point where it's more relaxed
1: and more fun? For us, it is, yeah, because That's exactly what it is. I mean, I have a career. I, you know, I'm a project manager for an apartment developer and, um, I've been going at doing this for a long time and, you know, I'm at this driving to the peak of my career. So it's like, uh, that's very important obviously, because it generates uh, most of my, well, a lot of income. Thank God. But, um, you know, uh, so the band is something that I enjoy doing. But the good thing is I work with great people that support me in this. So um, uh, if I have to go on a tour for a few weeks, they're, they're fine with it, you know, as long as they know it's coming and I'm communicating with my – I have a staff that works underneath me. So as long as I'm communicating with them and the work's getting done, that's really all that matters. And so yeah, that's it's good. Fun. Some guys, you know, it's a little tough. You know, Dean, it's very difficult for him because he can't just – He's not in that same situation. You know, he drives a muni bus, and it's like, this is your schedule, and it's union. And if you don't show up, you can wind up losing your job and your benefits and everything. And Phil's just a musician, so. And and he he and and Marty, of course, they have their business. You know, they they have their bar, so, um, yeah, he doesn't have to be there all the time. Yeah, it definitely
0: gets harder as we get all the more things get in the way. But like I said, as long as you can work around it to get out there and play and perform. I mean, I'm guessing, I mean, do you guys still have anything actually lined up for this year? Because I know most things have been canceled, at least through the summer. Festivals, tours, you know, just everything's pretty much shut down here in the USA and even over in Europe. But do you still have anything on the books for this year that you think might happen?
1: Well, we're hoping that uh, July... 18th, Chicago, we rescheduled from March to July 18th, so we're hoping to be able to get there. That's at Reggie's, and that's sold out. And August 15th, we've rescheduled our home show that we were supposed to play yesterday. Um, We rescheduled that for August 15th, so we're hoping that that's in the clear. I don't – you know, I'm an optimist, right? So no matter how bad the media says it is or, you know, they didn't know what the hell they were talking about three weeks ago, That would be happening today and today they don't know what the hell is going to be happening three weeks from now and that's my attitude and so for me it's like yeah we're going to be playing shows this year and you know um, bloodstock is in August and uh, you know unfortunately Alcatraz Festival in Belgium did uh, have to postpone but uh, bloodstock they're still on uh, until they get orders from their government that they can't have. The festival they are proceeding and we're right there with them because we we kind of think the same way and then um we have uh september we're supposed to be down in santiago chile and in uh, sao paulo brazil for the september negro festival on september 7th which is their independence day so we're really hoping to get to that one and then october we're in portland and uh I think we are also at the um, Quebec Death Fest in uh, Montreal, and uh, we might be in Atlanta. Oh, no. Our North Carolina show got rescheduled to October 10th in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. So we're not, you know, we're still trying to book shows, and we just, it's just a different arrangement, you know? It's like,
0: we don't we're,
1: we're not, it's like, hey, put us on the bill if it don't send us a deposit, you know, we'll wait for our deposit and if it doesn't happen, then no harm no foul. If it does happen, cool. But um, you know, let's not abandon uh, booking shows altogether because if something does change for the better, I want to have shows booked, <laughs> you know. No, I, I, I agree are, that's you, the only
0: way. are going to want to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So,
0: yeah, well, that's we're going to get attitude. out here in New York. But we got two assholes running the city and state here in New York, so they keep yeah. shutting things down on a monthly basis. We're down to like September right now. But you know what? If you come to New York, you could play in a golf course or a marina because we're opening up those things. So we'll put you on the yeah. pier. We'll put you on a golf course.
1: Well, if they allow sports to open, then there's going to be a hell of a lot of pressure to open up you know entertainment as well, you know, concerts Absolutely. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what I'm hearing is that, you know, well, if we can get sports back to, of course, cuz the NFL produces how many millions of dollars, uh, you know, I don't think the NFL Absolutely. is going to cancel their season very, you know, very easily. And if that's allowed to go through, then you're going to see all the other industries stepping up, entertainment industry stepping up going okay us too. <laughs> you know. Yeah.
0: You're right. Uh, and I hope it happens soon because I'm done to get the hell whole Go see something or do something. But as far as the new record goes, are we looking at this year for the new record? or Is it going to come next year, you think?
1: Well, we don't have a time limit on So it's kind of, we've got two songs finished. Um, we're working on a third right now. We took a break this week because sometimes you just need to take a break from that. You know, otherwise, you know, because you just don't want to be constantly every day trying to write, you know, especially for Phil, trying to throw write riffs. Um, yeah because you want stuff to sound different. You don't want every song to sound the same. So you take a break. So we took a hiatus this week to kind of let our brains empty out and, you know, get refreshed. Um, We have three songs. A third song we're working on. I was writing lyrics for that this week. The time to get some verses written for it. But uh, we have two solid songs right now for sure. And uh, they just need little tidbits. And we just need to get the guys together to play. Because right now when we rehearse, it's just Phil, Perry, and I. And uh, you know we go through these riffs, and I I'll re- I have my 24 track recorder. It runs all the time while we're in practice, and then I'll take these riffs and break you know start writing uh, verses and choruses, tune bridges to it, and and we go back and we practice and we try to record the whole thing through. And so it's kind of a process, but there's no real time limit that was put on us. Just a you know we have to get to five songs, and five songs that you know we step back and go, yeah, those, those represent us well, and I think people will be excited about
0: them. I'm sure they will be. So you're going to put out an EP, but this one's going to be an EP, but it seems like a lot of bands yeah. are doing that these days. They don't even bother putting out full length anymore because people have real short attention spans. They can't seem to grasp all the four or five songs at a time anymore for some reason.
1: Yeah. Well, not only that, but just look like, you know, everything's downloaded and you could, we could do five songs today, get it released, get some, you know, because I know Metal Blade wants to get some physical product out there, you know, some MP, you know, some uh, vinyl and stuff like that so that uh, people can have something in their hands, but a lot of it's downloaded, and they don't always download all five songs or all ten songs, you know, they don't yeah. all pick and choose songs, so it's kind of like, okay, we'll do these five songs, and then maybe two months we can release a couple more songs, and in a few more months we can release a couple more songs, but um and, and if we do something like that, we definitely will work, work through Metal Blade Records to get that accomplished. Yeah.
0: I, I know if the broke up, I mean, I, I, you really didn't continue on in the music business after that, but I'm sure you kept track of music, what was going on. Did you kind of see the changes starting to come about from like, you know, 93, 94 till now, where, you know, physical product was almost a, a done deal. It was gone. Downloading became illegal. People were just doing it. I mean, the whole business model just collapsed in the way the band was when, you were last together in the nineties.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that's, you'd see, okay, so no more vinyl. So CDs and then, then the digital era or, you know, the downloading era came out and, you know, as much as music industry battled against it, they had to eventually succumb because it's, you know, things change. Time changes stuff. You know, technology changes, everything changes. So I think now you're seeing that resurgence of like, you know, I got dystopia the CD, and then inside you could mail in and get the vinyl. So I mailed it in and got the vinyl. So I think you're going to see more that, that, pe- that the labels are definitely working with the whole download uh, downloading of songs and stuff from iTunes and, and uh, Spotify and all that, but you're also going to see an opportunity for people to get that physical material because the labels recognize that people miss that. And so I think you're going to see that kind of resurge, resurgence of you know, physical product yeah. You know, I think it's going on right now actually. And going Yeah, into vinyl's theater, has been making a comeback.
0: Smart. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Everybody's putting out vinyl again. People are buying, you know, turntables. I mean it's a great thing. I mean anything that can generate revenue to keep bands, you know, putting out music and, and keeping them going is always a good thing. And if you're downloading, as long as you're paying for it. I mean, you know, it's cheaper yeah. to download a record today than to buy a cup of Starbucks coffee. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, when I was younger and buying records you know, Black Sabbath, Pink Floyd, Led all that. I mean, you'd listen to the album and you'd be looking at the record cover, you know. And if they was opened yeah. up, it'd be even better because there's more crap inside and there's word lyrics and you know all that kind of stuff. So, I think people, you know, with the digital era, it's like people miss that.
0: Yeah, so. oh, absolutely. What well, do you think with the new record? You might it might be a vinyl release for the new one when you put it out.
1: Yeah, I think that um, I think Metal Blade that is one of that is their intent is to have that also. They did. It's it it is something that I think they do want to do for sure. That would be great.
0: Hey, Sean, I'm not going to keep yeah. you, man. I only got ten minutes left in the show. Oh, I cool. want to play a couple of songs before we wrap it up, but man, it was great talking to you. I'm glad that you're doing well. You're healthy, and the band is back together. Come back to New York when we get things opened up again. It was great in Brooklyn the last time you guys were around. So uh, I'm looking forward to more of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we're definitely trying to get some stuff booked over there for sure. You know, all right, we'll see how it goes.
0: You got it, my friend. Listen, you have a great afternoon over there. I'm looking forward to the new record when it comes out.
1: Man, I appreciate you having me on.
0: It's my pleasure, Sean. Take care, my friend. Have a great night. Bye, bye. You
1: too. Bye.
0: All right, have us some bodies on bodies. Goodbye. Mentally afflicted. We're going to wrap it up here tonight. One more song. I will see you guys next Sunday night. Gus G is on the show next Sunday night. We're going to get to his interview early on because of the time difference. And the same thing with Mark Dexter from Dexter Wars. Don't forget to tune in next Sunday night, everybody. We'll see you then. I want to thank my guest, Sean Killian from Violence, and my good friend, Lee Payne from Klovenoff. Pick up the new record, Age of Steel, out on Pure Steel Records, and stick around until Metal Blade releases the new Violence. I'm sure it's going to kick ass. All right, everybody, have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday night. How about we stay up in the Bay Area, a little death angel, evil priest. Good night, everybody. Take care. (laughs)